Yeah, um, I've been reminded, Rick, I've been head house today, reminded me that um, this week I've been, I've been praying like never before. Um, Manchester United played Wigan in the FA Cup on uh, Monday evening, and uh, I'm a Manchester United fan, uh, so are both of my boys. And um, one of them said to me beforehand, they said, Dad, if we lose to Wigan, I don't think I'm going to support Manchester United anymore. Um, so gladly, I got praying and... Uh, we, we won a game. But um, talking of being uh, a Manchester United fan, that this, uh, there's a new year, isn't there? It's 2024, a new kind of time period, a new season as we look at it in that way. And, and we can come to this looking at it in different ways, can't we? Depending on maybe how last year has gone, some of us might be thinking, yeah, last year was great. I'm hoping this year ahead is just more of the same. Some of us might be looking at it if last year wasn't um, very good or different things happened in our world then we're looking for a, a fresh start we're looking for a different year ahead so as a Manchester United fan it's that, that feeling of just waiting and wanting that new season to come as quickly as possible hoping that it's going to be different next season and for some of us might be in that place thinking 2024 I want it to be different this year ahead and uh, because of that, we, a lot of us do things like New Year's resolutions and the New Year, New Me thing all the time, don't we? We want something to change. We want something to be better in a season ahead, don't we? We don't want to live in our current place all the time. We don't want to be stagnant. We don't want to be the same and constant throughout the day, which is a, a great thing. But this year, apparently two-thirds of us are setting New Year's resolutions. Show us hands who has set a New Year's resolution and given up already. Oh, some of you hands up there. Anybody, anybody willing to admit that? I can't see any hands. That is well done, everyone. That is well done. There might be some of you sat at home watching online if your New Year's resolution was to come to church uh, this morning. But uh, no, it is uh, a good thing to set New Year's resolutions in. We want to be better often. It's to do with our health. January is the month for gym sign-ups uh, and more people attending gyms. Um, sometimes in February that declines a bit. But uh, I read some interesting statistics about when people set goals, they set um, new habits to form in their life, uh, and it says 65% of people, which is increased on normal, will achieve their goal if they simply tell someone about it. So simply telling someone else that, that knows about your goal then, um, doing that then increases the chances that you are going to achieve your goal. But incredibly... Uh, this um, research found that that jumps to 95% if you actually work towards your goal in partnership with someone else. So if you have someone else alongside you that you're trying to achieve your goal together, that maybe you're going to decide we're going to go to the gym together and arranging to do that. Maybe you're working on health and eating and you're deciding what things you're going to eat. Whatever that looks like, that actually if you work together, if you work in partnership with someone else, it increases the chances of you achieving that goal by up to 95%. We're talking about the body of Christ this January. The body of Christ, how we've all got a part to play in it, that we're all different, but as we work together in that, that God has got plans and purposes for us as his church, for us as the body of Christ to achieve and to live out. That when we do these things individually, when it's all just about us and us, better in ourselves, actually that can be hard work. But God has created us in a way to work together in this. And there's plans and purposes for us to do that as the body of Christ. And the passage that we're looking at for this theme um, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I'm just going to read a couple of verses from that now, um, 12 to 14 uh, in 1 Corinthians 12. 
It is just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. It's so important to recognize, isn't it, that we are part of the body of Christ. That we are not alone, we are not isolated. God is not asking us to live out a life following him by ourselves. But that we are in this together, that we are working together as part of that the body of Christ, I think it's a, a brilliant term for what God has called us. It is a very much a, a does what it says on the tin kind of phrase, isn't it? That we are the body of Christ. The body is all about um, physical action, about doing things, about living out. It's living and breathing and growing and changing all the time. It's about us being the body of Christ, the body of Jesus in our world today. That as Jesus ascended up into heaven, that he left the work for us to do for us to form that body in this way and to live out being Jesus in our world to our workplaces in our homes in our neighborhoods in all these different places for us to be Jesus in those places for us to be Jesus in 2024 to the world that we see in the world that we encounter in this way you are the body of Christ you are Jesus in our world today 1 Corinthians, it's uh, moving on in this passage uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, um, uh, and the kind of the, the part that I'm going to be focusing on this morning from verses 12 to 27 say, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and parts we think are less honourable we treat with special honour. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. God has put the body together, giving great honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. The first thing uh, that I've got to mention from this passage this morning is that we need difference. We need difference. Verse 21 says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now I manage uh, one of my children's football teams. Um, so coach them and train them in the week. And then we have our matches uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, and this kind of concept of being a part of a body, being a part in a bigger group, uh, is something that I realised I needed to teach um, these children very, very quickly. Not just as a one-off, we need to repeat week after week as well. So a lot of these children get it. And there's two different ways that children can kind of struggle with this concept. First of all, you've got the children that have no clue that there are other parts to the body. They think they are the only parts or they don't need all the other parts. There's those children when they play football that they get the ball at their feet and all they are thinking about is, where is the goal? I'm going to get my head down, dribble the ball and get a shot off at goal trying to score. There is no consideration for their teammates, no consideration for the other people on their team that might be in a better position than them. They could be surrounded by three or four players of the team and the other players are stood by the goal just waiting in loads of space. But still, they will just dribble that ball, get their head down and try and score a goal. 
It's helping them children understand that you cannot do this all by yourself. That actually the team is better when we work together. The team is better when we pass the ball to each other. When we pass the ball to those in the better positions than us. On the other side of that, there's the children that think that if I wasn't a part of this team, then it wouldn't actually make any difference. Those children that are kind of stood on the football pitch and maybe a, a bird flies past that catches their attention or the, the friends playing on the football pitch next to them and they're like waving and shouting at them while their game's going on or they've even run off the pitch and this has happened. They run off the pitch to go and get a drink just in the middle of the game um, and have a chat with their mum uh, on the sideline thinking that if I just go off this pitch then it's not going to make any difference to the team. We're trying to help all these children understand that they all have different gifts. They're all good at different things. Some of them might not be good at dribbling past three players, but they are still good at tackling or they're still good at keeping their position or they're good in goal and all these different things. Trying to help these children understand that the team is better with you in it, playing to your strengths in that way. Difference is needed in the body of Christ. Let's have a look at other people and think, well, I'm not them or I can't do that. That means that I'm not needed. A difference is needed. Whether it's old, needing young and young, needing old. Black, needing white and white, needing young. Rich and poor, male and female. We need each other in the body of Christ. That we are all better because of it, because of each other. The church I grew up in um, is not, not really anything like this church. That It was started by six people. Two of them were my parents. Um, uh, they felt God was telling them to, to kind of start the church. Um, and they started meeting in a farmhouse. One of the couples had a, a farm. So they had a room in their, in their house that the, the church would meet in for me growing up. So I always go there uh, for church. And the church was around 20, 25 people for, for most of the time I grew up. So quite small in that way um, that we had one one lady would would play the keyboard and sing uh, lead our worship and uh, someone would speak and, and that was kind of it uh, it was very kind of you could say basic in a way but uh, that was the church I grew up in that you'd have kind of quiet moments in worship and you'd hear the cows on the farm mooing in the background um, that was that was what I was used to but even in that small church of people that were all from the countryside in the northeast where I grew up, all from very, very similar backgrounds and places, I realised that we needed each other in that way. That for me, one of the very few young people in that church recognised I needed the older people in that church. That I gained so much wisdom, I gained so much knowledge uh, and insight from them in that way that I, I'd love speaking to them and, and they, they talk about their life experiences and the things they'd learnt along the way. So no matter what size our church family is, no matter what it is, we are always in a position where we need a difference, where we need others that make it better and make it stronger. Each part has something to offer that benefits it, that, that grows it, that makes it better in that way. That moves us on to the second thing. We need difference. The second thing I want to talk about is that difference creates strength. Difference creates strength. There is a strengthened unity that comes when we are different. Like I said, when I grew up, I grew up in the countryside and a lot of people were, were very similar. People are from the, the same background in that way. And when I looked at my friends, um, all my friends liked football. Uh, so through primary school and into high school, again, all my friends were people from the football team. We'd all uh, enjoy 
the same things. We'd enjoy watching the same TV programs and, and listening to the same music and things like that. Uh, and we'd all pretty much grown up in that town. There was one main high school in that town that everybody went to that high school so everyone knew each other. Uh, and we'd shared a lot of experiences together. So I had good friends, but sometimes I wondered why we were friends. If it was because actually we'd, we'd chosen to be, we'd chosen to have unity, or if it was just because of our circumstances and that was where we were at. When I was about 15, uh, I went on a holiday with one of my friends uh, and his family to the Lake District. Uh, it was like a, a Christian camp weekend that we went there. Uh, and there was a family from London uh, that had come up to, the, to this holiday uh, as well. And I got speaking to one of the sons who was a similar age to me from this family. Uh, and very, very quickly I realised that we had very, very little in common. That the way that I had grown up and my experiences were completely different to how he had grown up uh, living in inner city of London uh, and me living in the countryside in the northeast. The way that I had to and could live my life was completely different to the way that he did, um, the way that he interacted with his friends, the, the sports that he was interested uh, as well were all completely different to mine. But we still had a connection, we still built a friendship that we kind of stayed in touch after this holiday. But our unity wasn't based on real shared experience. It wasn't based on our location. It wasn't based on our interests. It was based on something different from that. For us, if we only have a unity with people because of shared experience or because we have the same interests of people, then is that really a true unity? If we only have a unity with people from the same country as us, then are we divided with people from other countries? If we only have a unity with people that have the same interests as us, are we then divided with people who have different interests? If we only have a unity with people who follow the same political parties as us, are we then divided with people who follow different political parties? Our unity has got to be not just based on something that is circumstantial or or uh, interest-based like that, but our unity has got to be based on something greater. Psalm 133 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. This incredible psalm talks about how God pours his blessing on unity of his people. And that image of oil being used in that way, that oil represents, uh, was, was poured out on something to show that something was anointed and it was holy and it was set apart from evil. For us as God's people, that we've got to be united by the fact that we want to live our lives holy and set apart before God. That our obedience, our desire, our hunger to worship and honour him is what brings our unity in that way. To be unified in our holiness, unified in our obedience to God, unified in our desire to be set apart before him. That is where God commands his blessing. So we need difference. That difference creates strength. Uh, and the third thing I want to talk about is that strength comes from the unseen. Strength comes from the unseen. Now, as a, if there's any other parents in here, uh, or maybe you've, you've had children, or you, you've got children in your family, you might realise that children can behave very differently depending on who is watching them. Um, some might say, that, yeah, that's a bit of an understatement. Uh, but yeah, sometimes 
children will behave in one way in a certain place when they know certain people are watching them and then all of a sudden someone might leave the room or something, uh, they might go to a different place and their behaviour can change uh, to be a different way. And when we drop our children off on the school, uh, there's some parents that are peekers, I call them parent peekers, uh, that will drop their kids off at the school and then they will walk around to their classroom and have a quick peek, peek through the window. Are there any parents in here going to admit to doing that this morning? Any hands? No, yeah, one or, two, one or two there that have maybe done that or done that in the past. Um, now, I'm sure parents do that for different reasons. Some might want to just check that the child's got in the classroom safely uh, or check they've handed in that note that you gave them like two seconds ago. Say, so do not forget to give this to your teacher. Um, but I think some parents do that because they want to have a little glimpse of how their child is behaving when the par- they think their parent is not watching them. It's a very small opportunity, but it is an opportunity to see, okay, my child has gone in the classroom, how are they behaving as they've gone in there when they think that I am not watching them? Are they doing what they should be doing? Are they running around the classroom? Are they messing about? How are they behaving when they think that I am not watching them in that way? But verses 22 to 25 uh, from this passage said, On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts we think are less honourable we treat with special honour, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that it's parts that should have equal concern for each other. Like we think about children behaving, it does not just matter how our children behave when the parent is watching them. It matters how our children behave all of the time, doesn't it? This verse talk about the the body parts is not just about the parts that are seen. It is what is happening with what is unseen as well. It talks about God giving greater honour to what is unseen as well. Now, thankfully, we see very little of how our body operates, don't we? That our skin kind of covers most of our body and the different parts of that. Things like our digestive system. If we saw how that worked, it might not be very pleasant. How our blood is pumped around our body. If we saw this all the time, it would not be very good. There's a good reason, I think, why a lot of how our body works and when our body is in action is unseen. For the body of Christ, it's exactly the same, that so much of what happens in the body of Christ is actually unseen. That what is said from this stage, what happens on a Sunday morning when we are all together uh, in one place, what happens in the week on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is just as important and just as vital as what is seen maybe on a Sunday. That the conversations you have with your work colleagues that nobody else in the body of Christ he is. Nobody else in the body of Christ is going to see. Is just as important as what is said on this stage. That what is seen and what is unseen, it is all important for the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not just about what operates on a Sunday. When you're at work with your work colleagues, when you're at home with your family, when you're doing your weekly shop in whatever supermarket you choose, The body of Christ is active 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If we were to leave church on a Sunday and think, right, that's that's it, that's church done for the week, box ticked till next Sunday, then we've missed the point of what the body of Christ is here for. 
The body of Christ is about bringing God's kingdom, bringing God's word to our world. It's about your daily interactions with the people around you, your conversations with your neighbours, with the parents stood on the school gate, with your teammates, with your work colleagues, whatever that looks like. That is the body of Christ in action. That is where the strength of the body of Christ comes from. As I say, God has called us, he's given us this task, this, this opportunity to, to reach a broken world with his kingdom, to be his hands and his feet in our world this year. If the band would like to uh, come back up now. A lot of times I think about, especially when I was younger, when I might have had questions about faith and, and have those moments where I'm thinking, is, is God real? Is, 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 is all of this kind of worth it in that way and a lot of times when I, I kind of ask myself those questions I'd be drawn back to creation and think about the worlds that we live in and every time I'd end up in a place of incredible worship and um, surrender to God thinking about the incredible way that he has created not only the, the earth but our planets and solar systems and, and thinking about how it all fits together in such an incredible way that the incredible awe we have of our God. Remember thinking that the video that we have when we, we have the worship song, So Will I, shows the incredible creation that God has made. And thinking about all of that, then it comes to thinking about you and me. And thinking about God's plan for our world was to create us. Us as individuals, all completely different in all different ways, but created us to, to call out and to live out his plans and purposes for us. For us to all play our part, all different, but all play our part together to bring his kingdom to earth, to bring his word, to bring his love to our world, to be in unity to fulfill his purposes and his plans. And that's a key thing we must never forget, that the body of Christ is to fulfill God's plans and God's purposes and to bring his kingdom to earth. Sometimes we get mixed up in it, don't we? We, we get selfish or we, we think about our own desires and, and our own wishes and the things that we want to do as part of the body of Christ or we want to achieve. But we must remember that we are part of the body of Christ to fulfill his plans and to glorify him and to worship him. Our unity has got to come a place of that, oh, that glory and that, that worship and honouring God. But if our unity is based on other things, then it's not true unity, is it? If our unity is based on interests or people from the same place as us, then it is not true unity. Our unity has got from a bit of place of surrendering and worship to God. That we are the body of Christ. We are the people of Christ. Not just a Sunday morning, not just a Wednesday or whenever a life group meets, not just a youth group. But actually 24-7, we are to be the body of Christ, to live out, to act out his work every single day of the week. This morning, I got a word which I believe might be for someone in here this morning. You might be sat here kind of hearing about the body of Christ and thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to be a part of it. But you've been incredibly hurt by the body of Christ. You've been hurt by the people in the body of Christ and you don't know whether you can have that same connection be that united with the body of Christ because of the hurt that it's caused you in the past but the incredible thing about our bodies is is that our bodies heal themselves don't they 
that often if you get a cut or you get a graze or a bruise that left to its own devices it heals itself sometimes it takes time but our body does heal itself and for those of you maybe people here that are considering actually how much can I be a part of the body of Christ because of this but as long as a body part is still connected, as long as a body part is still a part of that body, it's got the opportunity to heal, isn't it? When it becomes isolated, not to get too gruesome, if you lose a finger, if it stays off, it's going to die and wither away. It's not going to survive. But as long as it stays connected to the body in that way, then it's got the opportunity to heal. And for those of you this morning that might be in a place where actually, yeah, I'm, I've been really hurt by the body, I encourage you to stay connected. Like I said, it may take time. But the body is an incredible thing that it is able to heal itself if it stays a part of that body. If you'd like to stand, I'm just going to pray as we finish. God, we thank you for the incredible plans and purposes you have for each and every one of us, Lord. That the, the incredible way that you put the stars in the sky, Lord, and created our earth. That as part of that plan, you decided to create each and every one of us, Lord, as individuals and be a part of that plan and those purposes God I pray for all of us Lord that we will see the body of Christ as something that is active and alive each and every day of the week God and that each conversation we have each person we interact with Lord will be an opportunity to show your love to show your kindness to show your grace to our world for those of us in this place this morning that are feeling hurt by you God I pray that that healing process will come to happen Lord God that you will help those wounds be healed, God. You help those scars be healed and recognising that being a part of the body of Christ is the best place to be, God. And for us this morning, that help that this year as we look ahead, we will be effective, Lord God. We will be active, Lord God. We will not be still. We will not be lazy. We will not be sitting down, God, in this place. But that the, the body of Christ will be active and alive, and purposeful and powerful in our world as we look to transform our communities, God, to change lives throughout our world, Lord. Amen.